This is 1 in 44, a presentation of Anderson Center for Autism. 1 in 44 is a weekly show devoted to autism spectrum disorder. Good morning and welcome to 1 in 44, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, Chief Development Officer at Anderson Center for Autism. And this morning, I am speaking with Paul Simmons, who is president, founder, CEO, and all-around leader of Autism Radio. Paul, good morning. Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me on. Uh, It's my pleasure. And uh, we're, you know, we don't always get a chance to uh, interview somebody who also uh, interviews and and is on the radio airwaves uh, as well. So it's exciting. And I just want to kind of give the floor to you to introduce us to yourself, give us some background about who you are and and tell us about Autism Radio. So obviously, Paul Simmons uh, grew up in uh, New Jersey, northern New Jersey, um, was a trained chef uh, for many, many years. Uh, worked in the food industry, um, and I had my own business for close to 20 years uh, doing corporate dining. Uh, also was one of the first um, online catering companies called CateringExpert.com uh, in the very early 90s uh, when the internet was just kind of growing. Um, and uh, now I'm a director of dining services uh, for senior living. So I kind of oh, transitioned okay. into that. Yeah. So I have cool. a full-time job um, and hope oh. saves a day. Yeah, uh, which is the podcast slash radio show um, was kind of like a brainchild idea. Uh, I was actually recovering from surgery on my shoulder and I was sitting on the couch and my wife and I used to go to um, support groups uh, back in the day called Kozak, uh, which was a very grassroots organization, which is now Autism New Jersey. And, um, you know, just finding the time, I think, going to uh, support group, finding a babysitter for our son, which was diagnosed with autism at the age of two and a half years old. Uh, his name is Jonathan Lewis Simmons, um, which is named after both my grandparents. Um, and, um, you know, we didn't really know a lot about the world of autism. So we were learning a lot. Um, you know, when he recently, uh, got his diagnosis at the age of two and a half years old, you know, the only thing I knew of was really Rain Man. I mean, that was the only yeah. correlation I had about the world of autism. I knew really very little about it. And there was not a lot of information out there at the time. It was, it was very far and few that you could get some information. In fact, in my town, they didn't even have an autism program for special needs at that time. Mm. So you got to remember, this is like 2005. I was going to say, so around the early 2000s. Yeah. I think, you know, your story is, is something that I think would resonate with a number, a large number of other parents who, um, you know, you think of, of the 2000s, there should have yeah. been access to, to so many services. And you think of New Jersey and you think that would be a state where you'd think there'd be so much uh, opportunity, but, um, but it really wasn't that long ago. And still now there's a need for more uh, information, awareness. I know I've gone on your website. I know that's a huge part of what you're doing now is yeah. trying to broaden that awareness and accessibility to resources for families and individuals on the spectrum. But it, it was, you know, even in 2005, you're in a, in a town in Northern New Jersey, which is pretty connected to yep. some major uh, metropolises and um, and you couldn't find services in your town. Exactly. Um, you know, and it, and it was interesting at that time, again, um, you know, just connecting with other parents. It was hard to find a lot of parents that had autistic children and just to have conversations with. There was very few that I knew of. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, came up with this idea of starting a podcast, which podcast was very new to the industry yeah. at the time, um, kind of took a leap of faith and said, Hey, I'm going to put this out there. I didn't tell anyone about it. Um, just went ahead and 
said, I'm going to try this. And I had no idea what, how it was going to turn out if I was going to have one listener. You know, I had no idea. Right. Um, and I was able, my brother actually had a um, website and I was actually putting my podcast on his website in the beginning. Um, and I think the first week maybe had 10 listeners, um, you know, and, and, and it's interesting how it just grew. Um, and then once I got my own website, it really just took off um, to the point where we had hundreds and hundreds of thousands of listeners to our podcast. And then in 2009, uh, Clear Channel Media, which is now iHeartRadio, they signed us to a syndication. Mm -hmm. Um, And we started out with like 14 FM radio stations, um, which today I'm proud to say we're on over 58 FM stations throughout the country, uh, UK and also Canada as well. Congratulations. That's huge growth. That's huge growth. So you went from 10 listeners on your brother's website with an idea that you didn't, you, you purposely didn't tell anyone. So you promoted your plan at the time. No, no, You just wanted to see what happened naturally. So what is it that that you think, um, I'm, I'm sure at this point you've gotten some, you know, analytics, but you've also probably spoken to a lot of your listeners. What is it that, that draws them in? Why, why is your podcast, uh, unique? Well, I think, you know, in the beginning, it was very much telling my story, my struggles, my challenges as a parent and sharing that, like being real. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of parents resonated with that. Um, I think that was really the key that connected my audience with, you know, me with the audience, basically. And I remember having a <clears throat> a Gmail account, uh, hope saves the day at gmail.com, which doesn't even exist anymore. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, getting an email from from a lady in Texas uh, who was a single mom and said, hey, I'm up 2 a.m. in the morning listening to your podcast. And she said, you know, I'm really struggling. And, um, you know, just listening to your story, I felt like I wasn't so alone and so isolated. Um, so that was big. That was kind of like that aha moment mm-hmm. where I was like, maybe I'm on to something here. And again, like I said, I had no idea how this was going to turn out. I mean, it was more... I think it was more for me at the time, like therapeutic for me just to talk like almost like I was talking to somebody, even though I was talking to myself a lot. Um, and, and it was interesting. And then of course the show, when we hit 2009, that's when the show started flourishing and we started bringing on guests and expert in the autism field. I mean, we've had every mainstream expert from you name it through kind of like different generations. Like when we look at like the starting point, when you had organizations that were just starting out, which Mm -hmm. are big, like Generation Rescue, which was one of the ones they were just starting out. We had Jenny McCarthy on, we had all these, you know, individuals that were starting, you know, growing their organization in the autism field. And we were kind of there like grassroots, just, um, you know, getting information out at the time. And uh, it was kind of interesting mm-hmm. um, when I look back at, you know, Dr. Temple Grandin, um, yeah. it was before, you know, she won the, uh, you know, the Time, you know, Magazine Award, um, you know, top 100 most influential people in the world. And, uh, you know, we interviewed her very early on. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it was even before the movie she did on HBO, uh, Claire Danes, uh, we interviewed her uh, on the program. So we've had a lot of, you know, big names on our show and our program to really share the story. Um, I think it's also about giving people hope. I mean, the message is the show's called Hope Saves the Day. So it's also inspiring and, and really connecting the dots for a lot of people and getting out information and being able to share other resources, you know, like what you're doing, be able to, you know, get out information to individuals that might need some help or, or trying to, navigate their way too. Cause even now there's like an overload of information. So I try to simplify that too. Yeah. It's interesting. Things have, have shifted a little bit where, 
you still need the support and the and guidance figuring out what is is pertinent and relevant to you and your situation but but i think that there's a there's a there's a thread there's a common theme um and you you talked about it earlier that really has to do with sincerity and being real um and i i come at this with with this show with one in 44 from the perspective of working at anderson center for autism and having uh connections to many many families who place their children here and their stories but also similar to you and just really uh wanting to help listeners whoever you might be take something away whether it's a resource or a book to read or an inspiration that maybe there's something they can do as a parent when they're feeling sort of lost and helpless um but but uh but everything that I do and all the conversations I have are are really they're real and they're sincere and and I'm really I'm learning as we're talking kind of you know from every guest you came at it uh, initially from the perspective as a parent but also you said the same thing that really you think what resonated initially with listeners was you were sitting there telling your story and and following the experience of being Jonathan's dad and um and I think uh, certainly there could be more of that in the world um, but it sounds I think those are the things to me that are pushing the needle that are moving the needle in terms of lessening um, stigma and and encouraging more parents to look you know to 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 ask a question at the pediatrician's office if they think something might be a little bit uh, off a little bit different if they have a question instead of sort of saying I can't I you know I, I I don't want to talk to anybody about this I think the more that people from various perspectives in the field or the living with autism in any capacity talk the more others will feel like it's safe to do so so I, I appreciate that just from that standpoint of, of what you're doing um and uh, and yeah, the, the the impact of Autism Radio and the breadth and then the types of guests, um, it's really, really impressive. So congratulations. Again. Thank you. Thank you. And that's, you know, that's one small part of what we do, too. Yes. Um, tell us. Start is, telling us the rest. Yeah. So, I mean, 2010, I said, you know, we needed to do more. Like the radio show was great. The podcast was great. But I wanted to be able to help impact families directly. Um, so we became a nonprofit 501c3 organization in 2010. Um, and I wanted to have free programs that were available, resources available for parents that couldn't afford them, mm-hmm. um, you know, services that maybe they want to try that they don't have the, again, they don't have the means to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we had several programs that we run. We still run several of them throughout the year, even through the pandemic, um, you know, because we we tried different things like therapy, of course, back riding, martial arts programs, sure. uh, musical therapy. Um, and again, we have all these programs throughout New Jersey but we also have five other states that we have them available as well. Um, so we we expanded our horizon, basically, and, and our wings and said, hey, we want to do more for the families, um, again, to get them some help and support. I always like this story the best, and this, this resonates with me, was the first family you, you helped. It was a single mom again. She was from Texas. She reached out to us, um, has a, had a child that was non-speaking, um, we provided her with an iPad with the ProLoco software at the time, which was state of the art. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we provided her with a speech pathologist to come in the house and work with her child day after day, at least three days a week, which obviously, you know, is, is a cause. So yeah. we picked up that bill completely, uh, provided that uh, service to um, to her and her child. And, you know, nine months later, I'll never forget that she calls me up on the phone crying hysterically. And I, I wasn't sure what was wrong. I was like, oh, my God, you OK? Like, mm-hmm. she's like she was actually so overwhelmed that her son used the iPad for the first time to said, Mommy, I love you. And, and that's a huge 
I mean, that just touched my heart. Yeah. Um, I don't know what else to say, but that really motivated resonated with me like huge. I was like, Oh my God. Wow. You know, actually to be able to impact a life. Like we, again, we, we, I considered ourselves like we're just a piece of the puzzle, you know, it's, it's interesting how autism is the puzzle, um, you know, is is represents it, but you know, it's kind of like there's multiple pieces that need to put it together. and, And there's always like, you know, when we look at, autism it takes a village right to really raise a child with autism so absolutely i'm going to stop you there just because it's a beautiful sentiment and a beautiful story um uh we're going to take a quick break but when we come back um uh let's dive into more of how that happens and how how people who are listening to you and listening to this podcast today might learn more about um those resources and and how that's grown but uh a great great place to take a break let's let that sink in the mommy i love you it's great this is one in 44, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and we'll be right back. Hey, Joe, I thought you were retired. <laughs> Living on a fixed income is tough. So here I am, an essential worker. I know. I mean, food prices are going up every day. Thank goodness for BenefitsCheckup.org. Benefits what? BenefitsCheckup.org. It's a free website where people over 60 can find help to pay for food, medicine, even utilities. I got $1,200 a year in benefits. Maybe it can help you. And now, 1 in 44 continues on 100.7 WHUD. This is a weekly community affairs program presented by the Anderson Center for Autism. Welcome back to 1 in 44, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and today I'm speaking with Paul Simmons, who is uh, president, founder, CEO of Autism Radio. Uh, you can find out more by visiting autismradio.org. Um, Paul, you know, in the first half of the show, you, you went over some of your background. Um, how you started the podcast and, and now uh, really broadly reaching radio show um, and, and some of the guests that you've had on. But you left us with this beautiful story of, of really the first, I guess, direct feedback that you got from a, a listener who and somebody who benefited from um, the accessibilities and some resources that uh, you found a way to help some families access. Um, you know, that story, I've, I've heard it in various ways ways before um, of, of a, a child, maybe for the first time, finding a way to communicate uh, the words, I love you to a parent. And every time I hear it, no matter, you know, how, how it happened with a particular family, what age, how long they went without knowing whether the child was affectionate in other ways or completely not affectionate in, in you know, physically. And um, it always really just brings home for me um, just the things that you don't know um so much that you don't know when you're interacting with them with people in your community at the store in in, on the sidewalk um you know at the school uh waiting maybe to pick up another child or or um really just anywhere there's there still is stigma there still are, are people who stare and um don't want to look or be around a family who might be struggling with a child who's engaging maybe in some, some challenging behaviors. Um, but I just want to connect the two in terms of, you know, that was such a beautiful story. Um, it's a good reminder that none of us should take for granted that, um, that we have the ability, those of us who are speaking to, to express that to other people. And that we also often are surrounded by children and other loved ones, maybe grandchildren who run up and give a hug and say, I love you all the time. Um, right. It's uh, it's special and you don't really realize, I'm sure, 
just how special it is until um, you don't have it for a very long time right. um, or perhaps forever in that way. So, so that you said when you finished telling that story that it was so cool that you, to learn that you had impacted one person, I would say that you impacted at least two, the mother and her son, and probably yeah. given the impact that that had on that mom who took the initiative to then call you up and, and tell you all about it, that it probably impacted a lot of other people around her um, yeah. because maybe it changed her. Um, in a lasting way. So I, I know that's a little long-winded, but I always like to just um, highlight things that really touch me when I hear them. So that, that was really yeah. cool. Um, well, thank you. Yeah, on I think, that note, how, how does that all work? Well, you know, so, I mean, we that was the motivator that really said, hey, we got to do more, right? We got to really grow this organization, you know? And we're a 100% volunteer organization. I think that's another thing that stands okay. out too. Um, you know, again, we volunteer our time. I do the radio show. I volunteer my time. Everything that we do, we volunteer our time so that all the funds that we raise, we're able to get back to the families and and invest in our programs, Mm -hmm. um, which is huge because again, you know, obviously if you have to overhead, it is, you know, it's expensive. And, and so we try to mitigate that. We have some great people have about 400 plus volunteers that, that volunteer their time for the organization. And, uh, you know, we've grown that base over the past, you know, almost 15 years we've been doing this now. Um, so uh, again, you know, we look at opportunities to whether start a basketball program or martial arts or whatever, you know, of course, we're very particular on how it's set up. We have criteria, obviously, if there's someone out there that wants to start a program, um, we kind of have to vet them. We have to, we have rules, we have regulations and things that we have put in place because I've been fortunate enough to work with some great occupational therapists and, you know, some specialists that have kind of vetted the program and set up the guidelines for us. So again, and very fortunate to be able to do that. Um, you know, and I think, you know, we've had a lot of really successful stories and that, and that one that I shared earlier was just the first one that was the catalyst that just was like, it was almost like, um, like a drug, you know, so you, you get yeah. that result, you want more, right? Yeah. So it was, it was for me, um, I think one of the greatest things as an individual, as a person, right? When, when you really do good deeds for others, it does, does something to your heart. It does something to you. It makes you better. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it also brings a level of happiness too that you're unaware of that um, brings a wholly different perspective to others, you know? Uh, I agree. Uh, uh, at Anderson, our, our mission is to optimize the quality of life for people with autism. And I always say, it's, it's such a beautiful mission to live and do every day because inevitably as anybody who's working here is doing their job that feeds to that mission in some capacity, um, our own quality of life is affected as we're doing that. So it's this really cool sort of cycle of, like you said, you know, it, it inevitably makes you feel good, which it becomes addictive. That feeling yes. of um, of it making an impact and doing something um, that really that you just know on all levels is the right thing to do. I, I, I think uh, it's 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 definitely a good thing to be addicted to. So. So just for clarification, you said, so, so people or organizations who want to set something up, set up a mm-hmm. program yep. to, um, to provide services or supports or devices, equipment, you, whatever to, to people and to families mm-hmm. in need, um, they come to you or they come to, um, to, uh, to autism radio or hope saves the day. Yeah. So they go to fundraising component. How does just, yeah. So, so depending on what, what they're doing. If they're looking for services, obviously they can go to autismradio.org and apply for services. It's pretty simple. It's a one page they can apply. Um, Of course, we have a sponsors page too. people that want to 
donate or sponsor, um, whether it's a specific therapy or uh, individual, or if they want to, you know, support one of our programs, like our Swim for Hope program has grown tremendously. We had 150 some odd swimmers last year in our program. Uh, we do everything from learn to swim. And then that team, it becomes Team Hope, which um, is our signature team that swing uh, swims at the uh, Special Olympics. So um, oh, great. So we had a team that's competing now for 10, 11 years, 11 years now wow. we have Team Hope competing at Special Olympics. Uh, that's year. fantastic. So pretty awesome. Yeah. So, and so people who you can donate money, I would assume. Um, yeah, absolutely. You can also donate um, if you're maybe a manufacturer of certain types of equipment yep. or devices, yep. or if you are a service provider, you can donate your yep. time. Let's say you're a licensed you know, OT or something, yep. you can donate OT services, maybe in a geographic area. And yep. so then you help make the connection, the connection with the parent applying yeah. for services mm-hmm. and the service providers. That's right. That's what a great. What a great, uh, what a great role to play. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, we're kind of like that middle middleman, I guess, in, in, in the industry where, yeah, you know, we're connecting, though. we're connecting sure. a lot of dots, um, you know, because we are connected at the grassroots with the families kind of in the trenches, you know, um, one of my favorite programs is hope from the holidays. We get to do that where we go out with Santa and we get to visit individuals in their home that may not have the financial needs to provide, you know, a lot of Christmas celebration for their families. So, mm-hmm. um, but we want to make sure we take care of the whole family, not just the child with autism or the individual with autism. Um, we want to make sure the other siblings are part of that too, as well as mom and dad get plenty of food for the, for their, you know, Christmas or holiday feast, whatever, whatever it might be. Um, but we've been doing that for several years. I, I probably, that brings me a tremendous amount of joy doing that. Um, you know, so. Well, that's fantastic. And I think, you know, that, that story also hope from the holidays. I mean, that reinforces another point that it sounds like you're addressing um, in a number of ways, which is the isolation that so many families can feel. Um, sometimes it's isolation based on lack of resources, lack of you know funds to be able to go somewhere or um, buy groceries for a really special meal, or maybe maybe their child, their loved one with autism is just not going to tolerate sitting around a, you know, a holiday dinner or waiting for all the time it takes to go. It's so many different factors, right? Um, but also sometimes it's just uh, you, you want the holidays to come to you because leaving the house in and of it's itself is, yeah. carries so much of an unknown factor of whether you're actually going to make it to the yeah. event that you might be going to. So, oh, absolutely. So, fantastic. Um, we are just about out of time. We're down to our last two minutes. And so, Paul, I just wonder if you could share with us any any things coming down the pike in the future that you want people to be aware of or, or sure. just any parting thoughts. So obviously, uh, September's rolling around. Um, anybody interested in um, our swimming program, it's getting to start up again. Uh, individuals looking for learn to swim or want to join our swim teams in our various different areas. We have three different swim teams here in the state of New Jersey. So um, you can go to autismradio.org if you're interested and just email us or apply for services. It's really easy. Um, they can email us at info at autismradio.org or if they'd like, they can reach directly to me, which is paul at autismradio.org as well. And again, and they can apply for services. So pretty easy ways. Um, we also have our toll-free number on our podcast, which is one eight seven seven hope 777 and they can call that line 24 seven. Um, it's amazing because that line is open. It's basically like a voicemail, um, but it, we get an email immediately on that. So usually within less than 24 hours, you're getting a return call if you need something. So I think that's great. I'm going to repeat all that. I wrote it down sure. only because um 
I think that sometimes even finding thinking about finding enough time to write an email yeah. or do an application, which can sound daunting, even though if you go to the website, it really isn't. It's very easy. But if you have 30 seconds to make a phone call right. um, and just say, this is who I am. This is how to reach me. I need some help. And you're going to get a response back. Right. That's a great way to reach people. So yeah. it's info at autismradio.org or to reach Paul directly. It's paul at autismradio.org or the toll-free number is 877-HOPE, H-O-P-E-777. That's correct. And, um, and all you have to do is leave a, leave a voicemail and uh, the folks at Autism Radio will get an email alerting them to the fact that you've called. Um, and again, Apply for services. If you if you have a few more minutes, um, take the time to just directly apply for services on the website, which is autismradio.org. Absolutely. And swim team sounds great. So if you're yeah, in the area, yeah. um, I hear this all the time. I know at Anderson, certainly we have an outdoor pool, so it's only available in the uh, summer months. But right. we have quite a number of kids here who absolutely love the pool yeah. and would Very spend, thir- you know, hours in it. So, um, so if you have a child who's, who's all about swimming, uh, please consider getting involved. And uh, Paul Simmons from Autism Radio, I appreciate you getting on the show. Thank you. Telling us about what you do. And I also just really appreciate what you are all doing and your team of 400 plus volunteers. Um, That's really incredible and, um, and, and inspiring. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Elisa. I appreciate being on your show today. All right. You have a great day. Again, this is one in 44, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski. And remember, Anderson cares. You've been listening to one in 44, a weekly presentation of the Anderson Center for Autism. Join us for another edition of the show at this time next weekend.